there are two tales waiting for you, told one after the other by an odd set of two. So prepare yourself, dear one, because this is Drops of Darkness. I am Stranger, and I tell only fantasies. Whenever your world has a grip on your throat, I am there waiting to unleash the monsters that sleep in my mind so that they may remind you that you have sharp teeth and claws of your own. Rose clutched the wriggling handbag to her chest and prayed that the sounds coming from it weren't loud enough for the cab driver to hear. Aside from the ring on Rose's shaking left hand, this bag was the most expensive thing she'd ever been given, made from red crocodile leather. It had a dainty gold clasp between a pair of glossy smooth handles and only ever came out on special occasions. This suited Rose just fine, seeing as she hated the bag and thought it was possibly the most hideous thing she'd ever seen. That evening was supposed to have been one of those special occasions, or at least her husband thought it should be, and his was the only decision he ever thought mattered. But despite how much she despised the gaudy bag, she couldn't help but be grateful she'd had at least something on hand to contain this wretched thing. Is it much farther? she asked, her voice straining to cover the sound of what she was sure was the handbag's silk liner being shredded to pieces. The driver didn't respond. Rose felt her mouth go dry as she watched the price of the fare tick dangerously close to costing more than what little money she'd been able to scrounge before fleeing out her front door. Setting her eyes firmly out the rain-spattered window, She did her best to ignore the sour smell from whatever it was that was smeared on the seat. Her breath quickly fogged up the glass, but there was nothing to look at in this part of town anyway. Just dark, empty buildings half crumbled away. Then she heard a small snap and felt the latch start to wiggle against the palm of her hand. In desperation... She leaned forward and pressed the squirming bag between her chest and her legs and pushed her cheek as hard as she could against the back of her hand, hoping it would be enough to hold the clasp shut. The cab took a turn down an unmarked street so slowly that Rose felt a lump form in her throat. She wanted nothing more than to scream at the cab driver to go faster but she just shut her eyes tight to keep the welling tears from spilling over. The crumbling asphalt crunched under the cab's tires, and finally the brakes let out a whining screech. Here, said the cab driver around his fat, burnt-out cigar. Rose shoved the failing handbag into the crook of her arm and slammed the small crumpled wad of cash through the opening in the partition before clamoring out of the sticky back seat and into the empty parking lot. A neon sign blared through the darkness above the small building. 
turning the mist and the rain around it into glowing shimmers of bright blue and red. The crossroads, she read, as the taxi sped off behind her. There were no other lights on, no signs of life whatsoever through the cracked windows. Before she had a chance to wonder if this really was the right place, she found herself inside. The walls, floor, and ceiling were all the same grimy black as the outside, and Rose started to shiver as she was now somehow colder despite being out of the rain. Did you know knits are apparently all the rage this season? The question practically slid from the bony man coiled behind a desk. He was dressed in an all-black suit and didn't bother looking up from his crinkled magazine. Rose just shivered and stared and watched with confusion as the man slipped the tip of one of his long fingers across his tongue. By the time he'd flicked to the next page, his blazer had turned into a mock turtleneck sweater in the same shade of black. Right, you got something to sell then, sweetheart? He sighed, his voice filled to the brim with eons of boredom, as if on cue. The red crocodile leather bag began to violently squirm in her arms. No, I just need to... But before she could finish her sentence, the man waved his hand, and in a blink, she was out in the parking lot again. Wait, Rose cried out, clamping her hands over the bag's broken latch. She blinked again and was back inside. So that's a yes then. Are you always this indecisive, darling? Asked the man as he turned another page. But Rose didn't get a chance to respond this time. The slick leather slipped free from her cramping fingers and out from a cloud of shredded silk burst a shrieking blur of teeth and fingernails swirling around a pocket-sized black void that immediately started to pull Rose into itself. Face first. There was a snap, and everything froze, including Rose, dangling with her heels a few inches above the warped linoleum floor. Well, aren't you full of surprises, said the man in black as he leaned over the desk, his fingers still held in the air. He snapped them again, and Rose fell to the floor. Got to wonder what your night's been like, to end up here with a soul like that. Guessing there might be a bit of a mess you've made somewhere, hmm? He grinned, and Rose didn't want to guess how he knew. If that's who I think it is, please send her in, dear. The thin man turned towards the cracked door of the office behind him. Do you want me to send in the goods as well? Oh no, I'll let you deal with that first. You're much better with the wild ones than I am. That's the truth, he muttered as a pair of black gloves appeared on his hands. Go on, he told Rose, nodding at the door. He's the one who does the deal, love. In an instant, she was sitting in a plush armchair. Her clothes and hair were no longer damp from the rain. There was a crackling fire, jazz playing softly from an ornate record player, and a glass in her hand filled with something that smelt appropriately strong for the night she was having. Even the remnants of blood were gone from her fingers. Much better, isn't it? You know, you were quite frightened of me the first time we met, 
but you were much too young for a glass of brandy back then. She'd been a little girl the first time, but he looked exactly the same. As round as the man in black was thin and even wearing the same silvery gray suit. If you would have taken my offer back then, you wouldn't have let them bully you into marrying that brute of a man. And you definitely wouldn't have had to kill him. And with your bare hands on your first anniversary. Well, even for me, that seems a tad melodramatic. Speak for yourself, said the man in black as he stripped off his gloves. The whole thing's pure poetry. Rose sank deeper into the armchair and tried not to remember. Well, this isn't her first time, isn't that right, my dear? There was that nun at the orphanage. The one who was quick with the switch. You could imagine why that one got my attention. You could have asked me to give you the world for a soul like that back then and it still wouldn't be a high enough price. But look at you now, absolutely riddled with guilt. Now it's all torn to pieces. But still, what would I be if I didn't extend a kindness to an old friend, hmm? So, tell this old demon your price. Rose let the glass fall to the floor as she buried her face in her hands. Just take it, she said. I don't want anything. Now, Rose, I'm already making quite the exception to be buying damaged goods. But do not make me out as someone who is interested in acquiring things being given away for free. Name your price. She felt the lump rising again in her throat. Fine. Give me whatever you want. Give me something that's going to take all of this away, she said, waving her hand at the tears now streaming down her face. The man in silver smiled. Done. Your soul now belongs to me. Rose let her head fall back in relief from the weightlessness she felt as the tether was severed. But, he continued, I will return half back to you. What? No, that's not the deal. You said it, you said it belongs to you now. Oh, that is exactly our deal, my dear. And... It's a deal that others would lay waste to continents to receive. He then waved his hand, and Rose could no longer move. Pinned to the armchair, she watched as the man in black coaxed the fractured soul in front of the fireplace and began to peel and rip off pieces that he tossed into the flames. Until all that remained was the center of the black void, now in the shape of a little girl. Rose tried to scream when the black shape started to crawl across her lap, but no sound escaped her mouth. She tried to turn her head away from the blank face that inched closer and closer to hers, but it was no good. She felt it reach down her throat and pull itself in 
At first, she couldn't breathe, but as the last of the fragmented soul slipped over her tongue, she sighed. Rose scooped her glass up off the floor and stepped over the brandy soaked into the carpet. She picked up the demon's glass and poured his brandy out into hers. So, what do you actually get out of a deal like this? It has to be something good, she said, taking a sip. We get to release you out into the world, my dear, to create terror and death with that childlike soul of a poet and an artist, without any of that pesky guilt or morality holding you back. And we get to watch, live as long as we have, and you'll learn to appreciate a good show. Hello, everyone. In between stories, we'd like to highlight a cause that is worth our collective attention. For January, we decided to highlight the Southern Poverty Law Center. This is a nonprofit that is dedicated to seeking justice, battling bigotry, and promoting equality. For over five decades, they've tirelessly worked towards dismantling hate and intolerance in all its forms. You can find out more and donate at www. SPLcenter.org or from the link on our website at dropsofdarkness.com. Now, back into the shadows we go. I am someone, and I tell only truth. Whenever something slithers through the barrier between worlds, I am there. Not to stop them, but to watch them and remind you of the countless terrors your kind has survived all on their own. This week's true story offering was submitted by Rachel Hansen. This night happened so many years ago. I'd like to say maybe 20 or more years, but I remember like it was yesterday. My dad, brother, and I were going to be staying at my aunt and uncle's house originally, but due to weather... More family were staying there than they had planned. My aunt's parents had a second house a couple miles away that was empty for the winter while they went to warmer climates. My aunt and uncle asked if any of us would be willing to stay there, and my dad said that we would, not realizing what he was getting us into. It was late at night after visiting with my family for several hours. We drove to the house and planned on immediately getting ready for bed. We walked in, shut and locked the door, made sure all the lights were off, and then headed upstairs. We all brushed our teeth and all that jazz and checked to see what rooms we wanted to sleep in. It just so happened that they had a room with three beds in it. We chose that room because there was no way I would sleep in someone else's house without my dad. We had all crawled into separate beds and were working on falling asleep when I heard footsteps down the long hall. I was always famous for having bad night terrors and freaking myself out, so I didn't say anything. And then I heard them again. And this time, my dad got up and told me and my brother to just stay there and that he would be right back. I knew that he had heard them also. 
My dad went downstairs, and when I heard, What the fuck? My brother and I followed. The lights were on, the TV was on, the microwave was on with nothing in it, the fridge was open, and so was the door. Sheer panic entered all of us. My dad told us to stay with him as he searched the entire house, ensuring that no one was there. And no one was. We searched everywhere. There was no one to be seen. Freaked out, my dad thought maybe the person had left. So we made sure we had shut and locked the door and turned everything off. Then we went back upstairs. I crawled into the twin-size bed with my dad. We didn't fit, but I wasn't sleeping alone. As we laid there, we heard footsteps again. We listened to them go down the hall a couple of times, and then they entered the bedroom that we were in. The footsteps went along the foot and sides of the bed, and the room got really cold. After this, my dad had shoved two of the beds together so we could all be together. Once the footsteps left, my dad went downstairs to do a full sweep of the house again. The door was open, and everything was on, just as it was before. We searched high and low, and again, there was no one. We never saw anyone that night, but we were definitely not alone. We went back to see family the following day, and they asked us why we were so tired. We said the beds weren't comfy to not sound crazy. We never offered to sleep there again, and we chose to never speak of that night. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Drops of Darkness, which is written, voiced, and produced by Anadine Vaughn and Cameron Helquaik. If you enjoyed your drift into the shadows, help keep the stories alive by sharing the show, leaving a review, and if you really want to earn the favor of these dark storytellers, tether yourself to their world by tapping subscribe. If you have a true paranormal story of your own that you'd like to be read by someone, you can make the offering to submissions at dropsofdarkness.com or through the form on our website. Until next time, dear one, and remember, when the darkness looks your way, hold its gaze.